Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. So we're gonna be talking about this idea where I was just thinking forged and and like because we're gonna be we've talked about spiritual gift synergy. We've talked about the meshing, the the complement, the Holy Spirit that works in us, the gifts. We've talked a lot about that. We talked about we talked briefly about discipleship, but I think that kind of ties forged ties in that word together, like forged metal, you know, it's it's sometimes it's a little beating and sometimes it's melting and it's and then there's the, the sharpening iron. There's a lot of that goes on. Um, my brother could tell me tell you so much more. He might have saw him last week. He's the big bearded guy. He's the blacksmith. So he could tell you a whole lot more than I can about being forged. But I just think about it, it's so important that when we gather together, whether it's in, you know, I'm going to be talking about life group because I think it's, there was some questions one time we talked, like, what's the difference between life group and this? I'm like, well, that's a great question. Let's talk about it. Um, so I'm going to bring that up in the context of this. Um, but I just believe it's so important that we gather together. God said it's not good for us to be alone. He doesn't want us to be alone. From the very beginning, he's like, I'm sorry, man. I mean, for, first of all, the Trinity, I loved, I think, Laura, you shared about that. The Trinity was together from the beginning. It's like such a hard thing to get in your brain, like, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are there. That's crazy. And that's why, that's what brings us into it. He's like, the reason why I want you together is because they're together. He wants to compliment. He wants to marry that idea. He wants to show, he's showing the example of perfect unity, we want to be in perfect unity with the, Holy, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like they are perfectly one together. We're going to be talking about, because we're going to be relaunching our life groups, praise God. I'm excited. We're going to be starting next week. We're going to, our Sunday afternoons kicking back off again. Um, I'm really excited. It'll be a different location, but that's, that's an announcement later. But um, it'll be at your guys' house, and it's going to be sweet. It's going to be a good time. Um, but the reason why it's important, I'm just... This is a really just brief description. God purposed us to be together from the beginning. He wanted us to be in unity. He wanted us to, he built family from the beginning. He's like, I like when you're together. Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, it is not good for man, for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, obviously he's talking about Eve, but again, he's creating the family unit right from the very beginning. He's like, I want this. This is not good. Um, he's, uh, he created Eve so to complement, to experience the joy of working together. He created family for the purpose of doing life together. Um, I mean, obviously they went, they were re- naming animals, they were walking through the garden. I mean, who knows how many years between being created and falling into sin? I have no idea. There's, there's, no, there's no telling. But the reality is he wanted us to do it together. And 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 10 through 11, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. He's, he's inviting us. He's like, I died for you. Because like, we're like, well, we're not we're that Israel. He's like, no, but I, I died for you so that you could enter in. That's why when we do the things like communion, a communion is so special. It's because we, when we look at that bread, when we look at, I mean, it's really small, but when we look at that bread and that blood, we think about, oh, God, this is why I get to sit down together. Like, I have nothing in common. Me and Keith, we have nothing in common. I don't hunt. You hunt. We have God in common, we have God in common though. 
The redemption, that's what brings us together. Because otherwise it would be like, what's the point? When we're singing songs together, how weird is that to sing songs? The only other place, I mean, baseball fields, you go play and you sing songs sometimes together. There's very rare places you just go on a ritual, habitual thing and just sing songs. Not just sing, sing songs, but unabashedly, like dancing and all sorts of expression of singing. Like, who does that? Nothing. There's no reason this should ever happen, ever, except for the fact that he died for us so that when we are, either we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. We may be in reunity with him, that we may encourage one another and sing songs and declare praises. Ephesians 2, 14 through 22, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one, the Gentiles and the Israel. He, he made us as one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. Man, that sentence right there, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We're members of his household. We're brothers and sisters. We belong in the same family together. Built on the foundation. This is the only way it can happen. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are too being built together to become a, be become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We're housing the presence of the Lord. So I'm like, I love, he's just, he wants us to know where there's a purpose. We have a purpose together. When we do, not just life groups or not just the Bible studies, every meeting we have has purpose. Every purpose that's what, like, when you get together, I think that's what we need to remind ourselves. And this is what I need to remind myself of more often, is when I get together, I'm like, oh, it's, not, oh, it's, this, it's this thing again. I have to get to this thing again. It's my obligation. It's my study. It's my meeting. It's like, no, it's my family time. Family time. Reverse that mentality because it's like it's not an obligation anymore. And that's something, we get that point. We get quickly like, oh, gosh, I have to go see those guys again. No, like, and you feel bad. You're like, I feel bad, now I feel bad. And, and you just start kicking yourself. You're like, no, Lord, I need to say this in my heart. And you need to speak this. This is why it's important. I'm saying this for myself. I'm basically preaching it myself right now. Speak what you want. Speak the de declarations, the praising. Like, Lord, I love these people. These people are amazing. These people are loved by you. When you start saying those things, you might start seeing them because you're prophetically speaking into life, something that may, maybe you're not experiencing in your own flesh. But you're like, Lord, I know that these people are beautiful. You chose them. You love them. And I, I know that you built them. It's like, so when you see me and you're like, oh, that guy, Caleb. Like, no, you're like, oh, thank you for Caleb. Praise God, even through his stuttering and whatever he's trying to say and his teaching. I'm like, you know, you praise God that you gave me a brother such as Caleb or like such as Keith, such as Barb. I'm like, I see the value. In, and he's wanting us to see the value, like the purpose. He's built it from the beginning.
Now I didn't. I had notes, and I realized as I got here because I lost my. I forgot my key. Um, I that I didn't print notes. So I have notes on my computers I can look at. But you guys are following along with me. So God's body. Second point. You can't write this in. God's body is formed when we gather as God purposed it. It's formed. See, the reality is we're getting most of a body. And like, you know, like, have you ever seen like this kind of like, have you been to like museums where like you see the anatomy and in the inside and they're like, it's crazy. It's really crazy and weird. Um, it kind of irks me a little bit, like, Ugh. but it's really neat at the same time because I can appreciate God design the body and every facet and you start seeing every pur- purpose of everything, everything has a purpose. But the reality is the body is not fully formed yet. It's not fully formed. He is inviting us in. Because I, I think that's what stops us from inviting people into the body, right? Because we're like, well, we have enough body. No, we do not. We do not have the full body. The full body is still out there waiting to be brought in, to be grafted in. The full body is out there. So when God, God said, I want it to be formed, it's forming, it's coming together. And the purpose is that the body is still yet to be built up more. There's people that have not yet known that they're the part of our eye or part of our fingers or whatever. Like they haven't realized their purpose and the plans that God has for them yet. And that's what, that's what salvation is for, to redeem and bring them in. But the reality is, Lord, we want the body to be fully formed. And we want to, when, especially when we gather as God purposed it. So how did he purpose it? Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up to meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. God wants us to meet together to encourage one another. Like what you guys are doing, like when you guys are, when you're, let me tell you, Saturday, sun, Sunday, wow, I can't talk today. Sunday last week was just such a different feeling from some other churches I've ever felt. Like if you, this is not speaking against other churches, but if you've ever gone to a normal, normal thing, like back 10, 20 years ago for me, it would have been so weird to never hear much from the pastor. I think somebody said, good sermon today. I was like, I didn't say much at all. And that was okay. It wasn't bad that I didn't say a bunch or to have a bunch of teaching because you guys built each other up. You did exactly Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, spurring one another on. You encouraged one another. You prayed for one another. You read the word. You spoke life into one another. It was such a beautiful time. And again, Matthew 18, 18 through 20, it says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Now, he, not that he's with, not with us, but man, is it sweet when he is really just, you feel the presence of the Lord. Like, man, that's what, when I get here, I feel it. I may be tired and worn out, but then I get here on you guys, I'm like, man, I never know what's going to happen. I never know how it's going to feel. And then I get together with you. I'm like, oh, there's, there's part of my family. There's my family. And that's wonderful. That's the sweet thing. There's part of my, the body of Christ. I'm, we're coming together again. Like, like, like when you have Legos and you have Legos everywhere. And it's like, it's like, what's the purpose? There's everywhere. But then you put it together and it's like, oh, that looks cool. This looks really sweet. Like this is the purpose. This is what it was designed to let all these things come together. And it has purpose and it no longer hurts your feet. Um, 
it's, it's, there's a purpose to it. Like, I mean, when you get those, like the whole package, like oh, I know me and H were talking about Legos the other day, just like, like these big, you know, 18,000 pieces or my brother's done like those Star Wars Legos. And that looks like a nightmare to me to go and look through and put all those pieces together to make a big thing like this, especially when they're this small, but he, praise God, he can do it. And he, he does a good job at it. But, but those pieces looked chaotic and without purpose until they came together. And they, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do with it. And it's amazing what you can do when you realize you're part, you have a part to play. Romans 12, 12, uh, 4 through 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and each of these members do not, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, and be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves and never be lacking in zeal. Be, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Man, be devoted to one another in love. Honor not one another above yourselves. As we do that, when we come together and we're like, what, what's my purpose? You know, like, I don't know. Like, or you're just like, man, I don't like these guys or whatever. When you come together, I mean, that's what can happen to churches. You can like most of the people. You can like them, not love them. You can bear with them. You can tolerate them. But when we come together, when we did like the communion together, when we take that bread and we break it, it was a little different last time. It was kind of fun. But just like breaking it, praying together and just loving, like, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I have no purpose. I have no plan. I have no point being here except for this right here, what I'm doing, celebrating what you've done. This is like... The ultimate holiday, every time you break that bread, every time you drink that wine, you say, Lord, I celebrate what you've done for me. I remember what you've done for me. And that gives me right to say, you're my sister, you're my brother, and you're my father in heaven. I have no right otherwise. This is the purpose, to be together. When we gather together, the body begins being formed. The family comes together. And we grow in maturity when we gather as God purposed it. We grow in maturity because the body can come together, but we can look like a, we could look like a toddler for a minute. We can walk around with our, we're with, we we're trying, we're trying our best. You know, Evelyn isn't walking yet. She just turned over this last week, which is awesome. I was like, oh wait, I, of course I, she, she did it when I walked away, and then, and she's like, Michelle, Michelle's like, you just missed it. I'm like, ah, of course I missed it. And I come back in. I'm like, okay, are you gonna do it? So I, I, I did the. I'm walking away now. And then she did it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> She's sneaky. Oh. But that's like, it's like amazing, the coordination. We celebrate those little things. And again, celebrate the little things. Celebrate the growth, the moments. Celebrate what God's doing in our body. Because you're like, man, I wish we were a full-fledged, like, functioning adult, okay? You know, I feel like sometimes we, we I wish we were. Like, maybe we are. But also maybe we're, you know, 
preschooler right now, okay, in Christ. I don't know what that looks like. But maybe we are functioning as a preschooler. We don't know everything. We're excited. We're zealous. We're passionate. But we don't have all the wisdom we want. We don't have the full functioningness of what we want to grow into. Again, it's not belittling our church. It's just saying, God, thank you that we can do this, okay? Thank you that I can walk on my own two feet right now. Praise God for that. And let's walk together as we're growing in maturity as the body of Christ. We want to gather as God purposed it. Now, he purposed it for us to grow into growing maturity. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one with another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. When you were called, not when you begged to be a part of the team, but he called you, invited you in. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is what it says. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended, Jesus who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip these people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We grow in maturity. We grow into fullness as we start operating in our gifts and our talents and, our, and what God has given us, what he's called us to do. As we start doing our works, like as the arm starts, you know, if you've seen an arm, like you, you could tell the people who've, you know, done arm day but not done leg day. <laughs> they look a little unproportional. I, I know that's a, it's a thing where like it, it, chicken legs, Chicken legs. And some people, we have chicken legs, but we got some good biceps. But that's the reality. He's like, no, but here's the reality. I want you to build yourself all of it. Like, I don't want it just to be, wow, you have one great one leg. Your right leg looks really great. It's really in tone shape. Like, that's, 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 people are like, am I looking at you wrong? Am I like, it's like, this is an optical illusion. What's happening to your body here? Um, no, you, but he's like, no, but I've desired that. So that's why together it can't happen one at a time, but we do need to focus on it. We do need to focus on how we grow. We need to focus on where we go and how we do these things, but this can't happen unless we're willing to do all of our part, all becoming a part of the work, part of the body saying, okay, God, what's my part? What's my part? I have no idea. Some of us don't know. And that's, what I, that's my goal. My desire is not to say, here's how you need to build Value View Church, okay? Sorry. 
Valley View Church, put the label aside. I want to build up the church. That's my desire is to see you guys build up, to be trained up, to know what you're called to do and to do it. So if you don't know what you're doing, be honest. Say, I don't know what I'm doing. Say, I wish I knew what I was doing. That's the honesty. The honesty is the first step to like, okay, now we can grow from there. We can go from somewhere. But like, if you're like, I just don't know. I wish I knew how to do this stuff better. Or like, I feel like this is something I'm passionate about, but I don't know if it fits in. Like, it's not about building up this building and paying the bills and doing all this stuff and making a business. This is not what we're called to do. We're called to build the body of Christ. We're called to build the church, whether it's helping out the other church across the street or wherever. Like, we're called to build the church, whatever that looks like, to build the body of Christ. Because, by the way, they're our body. Some churches down there, they're our body. Those are, those are a part of our body. Don't ignore them. Don't neglect them. CLC, Dean Living Word. Those are a part of our body. They, they might feel like sometimes the biggest part of the body, but no, sorry, we're still part of the body. Don't disqualify yourself. Just because we don't look like the big church doesn't mean you're disqualified the bot from the body. We need to find how we complement one another, building up the body. And another one, that's, that's why we've done this thing called life groups. I'm going to talk about life groups for a few minutes. And this is the reason why. Because Life groups isn't like some cool taboo, whatever thing. We want to have a purpose to it. Their purpose, why, why do we even get, get together? Like, you guys probably wonder, like, why, what's the difference between this and a Bible study, right? The purpose of life group, life group is just not to make another club, because it could become a club where it's us four no more. It could become a Bible study where we know the, God, the word of God, but we, don't apply, we might not apply it very well or have a hard time applying it. Um, it's a place where family grows closer to God, to one another, and to those outside of these, the four walls, wherever it houses. Out, out, the four walls of, well, there's probably a few more walls than four. But, you know, outside of the Osborne home, outside of uh, the, your home, it's, it, it's, 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 it's going to be something that goes outside of it, that does things outside of it. We're gonna, so we're going to be talking about what life groups. We break bread. I think I got this here. Oh, sorry. I guess I just have verses. Okay. I, I thought I put it in here, but I didn't. Okay. So life groups, we break bread. Why do we break bread? Oh, it's, good to, it's good to eat. I know we like to eat, but like there's a purpose to it. It's, it, it. There's a purpose. We feed our spiritual bodies, but we also need to feed our bodies. So um, when we come to the table, we encourage one another. We share the testimony of Jesus, and this builds up his church. I love sitting at the dinner table hearing what's going on with your guys' lives. I felt like that was the first time I ever got to know you guys for real. Like, I really didn't. I, I, I was, before life groups started, I did not, sh I was not sure how I was ever going to get to know you guys because we would talk really quickly, really quickly about whatever for 15, 20 minutes. But if you didn't stick around long enough or you're like, man, I'm hungry still, I got to go. I never got to talk to you. And then we sat down at the table and we started joking and talking and, and pr giving praise to the Lord. And we, we brought God to the forefront. That's the thing, bringing God to the forefront of the dinner table, wherever we are, give him praise. So we bring that, we sit down, we share what God's doing. We pray for one another. Um, this, again, this is a little depiction of what Jesus did with his disciples when, and when, with those who were sinners and with those who were his disciples. He, he brought them in. He would sit down at the dinner table. They're like, why are you sitting with sinners? What's wrong with you guys? Like, 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 no, this is sweet. This is wonderful. This is where we get to know each other. And I can share about the kingdom. And you can see me and hear me and know that it's true. It's, I'm not just doing a teaching. 
In addition to eating food, it's also important to take and eat, remembering the sacrifice, like having communion. We could be breaking bread and, and, and having wine. We could do that at the dinner table. Like, this is nice, but sitting together at those picnic tables felt different. And this is, um, so this is what it looked like for the early disciples. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone, anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. Well, this is a, okay, this is a big ask here, right here. They could, every day. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. Let's see here. Now that's, just, that's a whole different life. That's a whole different thing. Like to sit down, and that's why this is what we're bringing from. This is this is the the example that we're that's been set for us. The disciples did this. Why wouldn't we want to do this? They saw the value in sitting together and eating together, encouraging one another, building each other up. So we break bread. Life groups also discuss the same topic. Um, the reality is, I don't care about what I say. I, I, I mean, I do, I care. That, that was, that's a generalization. That's a big phrase for a really not that right meaning. Okay, let's try that again. Rewind, say that again. Um, I do care what I say, and I could say it all day long, but the reality is if it doesn't get, if nothing is happening in you, not copy-paste, but if nothing's growing in you where you're like, you're not searching, you're not asking the Lord, like, which is why I'm like, those notes are important. If you're not asking, like, you're not being challenged enough, I'm like, if... And it's really amazing. I want, I want us to go deeper in the word, not what I say. I want you to take the word of God and say, okay, God, how do we apply this now? Like, so what? We talked about the body of Christ going together. Okay, so what? That felt nice. Now what? How do you take it from there to go application? How do I say, okay, Lord, you know, if I want the body to be built up in every way. I want to become immature in every way. How do we start doing that? That has to be a discussion that happens between you and the Lord and you with you and your brothers and sisters. Asking the Lord, how do we grow? How do we see one another? How do we, who's struggling with that right now? Like, and the, I mean, because like, who wants to raise their hand here and say, yes, I struggle with not knowing how to do whatever. Or I don't even know my purpose here. The chances, I mean, you guys are pretty bold people, but I don't think the chances of it happening are as likely. But if you were, say, I don't know, sitting with your friend who you've been walking with and hearing from them, they're like, man, I just love what they have to say. And they've, they've been finding, like, I know, I, Miranda, you were talking about, like, finding the gifts. And, like, it's been really fun to find that. I love hearing Miranda talk about the gifts. I would love to just talk with her about that. I'm just, and then she start, you guys start talking. You're like, okay, well, let's pray about that. And you guys start doing life group together. But you also take maybe on the side, like, okay, we're going to, I'm just going to encourage you on the side and, and do life together. Do life together. Like, actually building up in maturity. And that's, and that goes so much deeper than me just saying a bunch of passages of scripture on a Sunday morning where you're going to forget it in about 20 minutes. You might forget it. That's the reality. And I don't want to forget it because the retention, I, I know Rich has mentioned it. I know every people have mentioned the retention is awful after a service. If you want to know what the retention is, just ask me what we talked about 15, 20 minutes ago, and I probably forgot some of it. A lot of the good details, too. Like, I try to remember as best as we can. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because it's the limitations of reality. We expect this to do it all. But when we go to life group and say, okay, Lord, I don't want to just be a hearer, or a, but I want to be a doer of the word. I want to be like what it says um, in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. 
imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus. Imitate me, which agrees with what I teach. Imitate. Timothy was the actual imitation of Paul. Like He is imitating what he saw in Paul, but not copy-paste. He's like, no, but I'm applying it in my own relationship with the Lord. We also want to look, I think it's 2 Timothy 2, 2, and it says, and the things I've, you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. We want to teach others. So like, you know, if Miranda is learning this stuff, or, you know, like Dan, Daniel, oh, I wish he was here right now. I miss you, Daniel, right now. I know you're listening. So, um, but like just getting the example to hear from what God's been teaching him. How powerful was that? That was so powerful. And like, but the thing is like, what if, you went from teaching to life group after that and got to talk to Daniel more. Because let me tell you, we, I sat, I know Daniel, he's, man, he, he's in touch. The Lord is just touching his heart and he's emotional. I love it. I love his emotional heart because it's just like he's so tender before the Lord because the Lord's just revealing things to him. But if I sat I, sitting with him and talking with him and hearing the teaching, it just got, went deeper, and we, I was tearing up, and I was excited, and we, we build each other up, and we were going for it. Like, that's what happens. That's what life on life means. It's like, this was great, but when I said beforehand was so much better. It was so much better. So we want to become imitators of Christ. Um, we want to love God. We want to love one another, and we want to stand firm in the word. I think that's important, because like, I think what we've heard too many times is we get, we get caught up and he said, she said, teacher said, I love those teachers. I love our friends. I love our brothers. But man, where does it say in the word? What does it say to be grounded in the word? I want us to go back to the word because when you're by yourself and you have the, only the word alone in the Holy Spirit, you have enough. You have it. And I want you to be grounded in there. I want you to be firmly planted there. Let's see here. And, you know, obviously we're having two life groups, which is exciting. So life groups obviously multiply. Um, and so it talks about that's the idea of God designed us to multiply. He didn't design us to stay stagnant and just be two. I mean, because otherwise it would just be Adam and Eve and then that's the end. No, they multiplied. The family, he created multiplication from the beginning. He created it. In Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and rule over the fish to the sea and over the birds in the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We believe that in order for us to experience the power and the fullness of what God has in store, we are called to multiply. It's not optional. Multiplication is the purpose and the fabric of creation. We want to be about multiplication. Life groups that stay in one place, they stagnate. We talked about it. We were talking about like what causes things to stagnate. Well, we do the same things and we repeat the same process and we, I mean, like still water, like what causes things? I don't know, you guys can probably think of things that stagnate. What, what could cause a group to stagnate from stop growing? A closed group. Yeah. I'll kind of leave it to you guys. You're going to answer a few things. I, I, not, no, no pressure. But what could cause a, like what could cause things to stop, to slow, to come to a standstill? Or even die out. Lose focus of the Lord. Yeah. New input. Like new leaders raising up new people to be empowered. Yeah. What's that? Routine. 
That's good. I never felt that life group at the Millers ever stagnated. It was no. No. And that was what's beautiful because the purpose was we're not going to. You know, that's, that's our goal is like we're not going to stagnate. But it's not like I'm not going to stagnate because if you just focus on stagnating, then that's all your focus is like, what can I live? what's the opposite of stagnation? It's living water. It's fresh. It's, it's breathing. It's growing. Like, like you look at it nowadays, like the, you know, there's, we're raising up a lot less kids because we're cutting off a generation constantly. We are. There's a lot more older people per capita than there are younger people. It's crazy. It's 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 becoming a problem. Um, I was uh, anyway. I was just listening to an article. Uh, listening to a person speak on that. I'm like, man, that's just the reality. Is thing we think that we're overpopulating. We're not. So the the big thing is like again. I'm not going to talk about that. But I'm going to talk about the fact is like if you want to see a whole generation die, stop having babies, okay? Because that could help. You know, then you would have no generation. Mission accomplished. You, you wiped out humanity. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, if you want to wipe out a church, stop multiplying. Stop giving birth to new believers. Stop giving empowerment. Stop opening your doors. Nothing new is coming in. It's going to die. And that's the reality for us all. It's not to be scared of that. It's to say, God, that's not your design. I don't want to be, I'm not, this is not a fear horror story. It's like, I want God, I want your design it's to raise up leaders because, not because I have to, but because I get to. Like, that would be like having kids because you have to. That's not fun. And that won't go very far. Because <laughs> you're like, I have to love you. And you're like, no, that's not going to be fun and pleasurable in your home. Your home is going to be miserable. But if you say, I get to choose to have kids in my life because I want to see them get more things and not because I want clones of me. I want God to do something. I, want to, I would just want to witness what God's going to do in their lives. We want healthy water, living water flowing out of us. That means we need to open it up, let it flow. That means we need to raise up leaders. That means we need to open up locations like we're going to be doing. Like the Osborns, we're going to have such, I can't wait. It's going to be good. Next week's going to be good. So bring food. Um, and then, yeah, Mary, we're having it at your house, uh, I think the 21st. It's on the announcement video, but just but it's so nice to think about like just different and good and fresh and new and it won't be bad. It'll still be the same wonderful people, but we'll still be growing together. If you want evidence that it's important to multiply, Acts nine thirty one. So the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. It was walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Man, there's a sermon right there. We're going to talk about that. It also says in Acts 12, 24, but the word of the Lord increased and it multiplied. God wants us to move. He wants things to move. He wants things to grow. He loves growth. He loves plants. He loves life. He's, he set it up. He likes it. That's just the way he does. And he and it talks about so much in Proverbs about avoiding complacency and aimlessness. The lazy man comes to mind. Like he just, he's like, no, I want you to plan. I want you. He's again, he does all the things. He does all the steps. We may plan our ways, but he ordains our steps, right? But we have to step out and say, God, we want to multiply. We want to see our life groups grow. We want to see each one of us empowered and grow and do more than we ever thought we could do alone. Because the Lord once has, he gave us you. I mean, that you guys 
we, I, I didn't get to choose you. He gave me you, okay? He gave me you. And that's, he, he, he gave you me. Unfortunately, for better or for worse, he gave you me. He gave us each other. And that's what's wonderful. We need to keep in that place of just saying, God, what do you have in store for us? There's a purpose we're here. It's crazy that we're here together. We get to do this together. But now it's just like, Lord, what's next? Like last year was great. What's next now? Like taking the same things, taking the foundation of multiplication, breaking bread, going deep in the word and applying the word. How do we take that further this next year? How do we take that with life groups? Because we're going to be, that's the reason why we wanted to offer another night. So it's Friday night. So that way, actually some people, more people could come because I get it. Sunday afternoons, it's exhausting for some, for a lot of us. I mean, everyone, I'm sure it's exhausting, but it's also amazing. I, I was a testimony of my dad. I was sharing with him just, you know, just, I love sharing about what's going on. And he's like, so like, wait, you guys are going to life group right after service. I was like, yeah. He's like, wow, that's cool. Like he just, he was, I mean, my dad is just, he's, he's funny. He's just, he was just, but he's so like, they want to go. That's what's one. They want to go and hang out more. That's great. And that's the blessing. And that's why Friday night will be the same thing. They get, they want to hang out more than just on Sundays. I mean, that's the blessing. That's what you do when you love family. Like I'm not saying putting pressure. I'm just saying that's what, and again, that's what I hope our discipleship will look like raising up other leaders. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm highlighting life group, but this could be your, your Bible studies again. You can apply this to your Bible studies. If, we're, if you're just reading the word and feeling really good about the Bible passage and then saying, I know things now, but I haven't applied it yet. It's like gravity. Like you can say, I know gravity until you actually experience the steps. And then you're like, wow, gravity is interesting. Um, we want to know and experience the faithfulness of God and walk in the fullness of God. <laughs> 